Welcome into another episode of the SpinCast. I am your host, Kendall Smith, and today we are joined alongside of Rick Suarez and the wonderful Dr. Joey Goriziak. He is the Program Director and Associate Professor of Esports at Shenandoah University in Winchester, Virginia. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm going to call you Dr. G because you told me to call you that before we started recording. So how are you today, Dr. G? I'm great, Kendall. Uh, thanks for having me here, Rick. Thank you for inviting me and setting this up. You know, I really appreciate you all having me. Uh, you know, things are a little different these days with what's going on outside, but uh, I'm happy to be here, happy to talk about esports. Um, so thank you all both for having me. Now, You're how welcome. have you been doing during quarantine so far? You said it's kind of a weird time. Things are a little bit different right now. How have you been adjusting to all of this craziness? Well, um, it, it's been okay. Medical uh, from the university this it actually made me kind of stay at home and take a break for a little while from work. Uh, so I wasn't actually teaching any classes in our esports program this semester. Uh, so I got to really focus on curriculum development, which we can certainly talk about, uh, because the university is implementing a lot of new esports courses and programs moving forward in the next year. So it gave me time to focus on that. It gave me time to kind of play some video games and try to climb old in Overwatch, which has not been easy. Um, and so it's really given me a time to just kind of reflect on what the program is, what kind of our goals are moving forward but I'm still I've been in constant contact with people in the industry with our students checking in on them to see how they've been doing uh, just helping where I can so you know it's it's been an interesting as I said semester um, esports is fortunately one of those programs that can really survive and to an extent thrive during something like this so you always look for the silver lining and so we've been able to keep competing as a program which has been great to watch uh, we've been able to find new tournaments. I've been working with the National Association of Collegiate Esports to continue running events to keep our, our member institutions involved. So I've certainly stayed busy. Um, it's just been a different kind of busy, right? I'm not in the arena all the time, even though my virtual background is of our arena. It feels like I'm there a little bit now. Um, <laughs> you know, so I'm not able to get to campus and have the good face-to-face interactions like I enjoy having, um, except for my wife and my two beautiful daughters. Um, after a while, they're not as beautiful. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's great having them around and being at home with them, but certainly I miss being on campus and around our students face to face. Um, so it's certainly been different. Um, it's, it's been a good learning experience, but, uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to some new sense of normalcy whenever that does happen. You know, I love how you brought up the topic that esports are still continuing even during this quarantine. For me, I typically broadcast and report on traditional sports, and not having those right now has allowed me to really realize how wonderful and important esports truly are. So I've really been appreciating that as well during this quarantine. Now, to kind of start off this episode, introduce yourself to our audience, kind of take us through your background. How have you, Dr. Joey Goriziak, taken your passions for esports? Sports and transitioned it to your current position in esports at Shenandoah University. Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, and so I really got started. I've been playing games my whole life. I've also played traditional sports: baseball, football, basketball. You know, I'm from the state of Georgia. I went to sorry, Kendall. I went to University of Georgia, so I'm not a big South Carolina fan at all. Oh um, man! But I do love Columbia. <laughs> Columbia. Year. We had to get you in football. It was like our one. I don't want to talk about it. Can we please not? Let's not. It's too soon. It's way too soon to talk about what happened in that game this year. I don't. I think we're having a te- technical technical difficulties. We're having yeah, a little weird, technical yeah. difficulties. <laughs> um, so, so I've been playing games my whole life, you know. Uh, and at the University of Georgia, I, I played competitive Halo. Um, and this was not Halo 4 or 5 or any of those fake Halo games that I call them. This was the original Halo, Halo Combat Evolved for the Xbox. It wasn't on the PC. So I'm using this huge controller that you've got 
both hands on called the brute controller. Uh, but it was such a fun time. And we had such a good experience as students at the university traveling around and competing against other schools, semi-professionals, because that's really all there was back then in the early 2000s. And the grand prizes we would compete for were like cases of energy drinks. And we thought that was the best thing in the world. You know, we didn't care about money and all these other things that come with what esports can provide these days, which is great. But we truly played for the passion of it. And I've really continued that passion up till now. Um, you know, I was getting my degrees, undergrad, master's and PhD, all from University of Georgia uh, in sport management. So really heavy on the sport side of things. But as I was continuing to play these video games, I started researching video games as well. And when you combine video games and sports, you get competitive video games or esports. Uh, so that's how I really kind of turned what my passions were into a career was just that I was researching and I began teaching courses here at Shenandoah University and just general gaming around the world. Not necessarily competitive, but gaming in general and how different cultures looked at gaming, the games they played, what the industry was like in different countries. Uh, and students that were like, can we start a competitive team here? And I was like, absolutely. That sounds like a great idea. Uh, and, and at the university, clubs are student initiated. So I had to get students to kind of lead that push. And sometimes gamers aren't always the most outspoken and best leaders in a lot of sense um, because they, they're introverts by nature a lot of times. And so I had to get some students that were really willing to step up in front of administration to sell the idea of having this esports program. And I was supporting them. I was helping them find facts and resources and things of that nature. Uh, but it really took a lot of push to get them to really start this competitive team. And, you know, we, we worked together, talked to our administration. And about two years ago, we started this competitive team, the varsity, uh, the varsity esports team, competed in Overwatch, Rocket League, and League of Legends, starting with those three teams. Uh, and we were going through a transition at the university, so it really worked out well that we were starting to look at these tech programs. Uh, so esports kind of fit into with cybersecurity, information systems and technology, and virtual reality design, which is some of the things that we also had started around the same time. So the going, but then my t my my president really looked at me as like, let's let's think about an academic program in esports, because I was then teaching one course in esports out of sport management, which is what I was teaching in for the seven years prior to. And it was really popular. A lot of success. A lot of students really liked it. I kept doing research into career possibilities, what the industry was like, the growth, and so on and so forth. And she was like, you know, let's see if we can turn this into an actual major. And I said, well, those don't really exist. She said, let's make them exist. You know, there's no reason why it shouldn't. Nothing exists until you start it. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a good point. Uh, and really, there was only one other program to go off of at the time in the, in the U.S., and that was Becker College. Uh, they were the first program to have this academic esports major. Uh, you know, there were some certificates and some minors and some other classes being taught. Uh, but really, I was able to keep fueling my passion for gaming and esports um, and, and developing this new curriculum, which is heavily derived from, which is my other passion. I mean, I've got this perfect life where I get to go to work every day, talk about gaming and esports um, or gaming, gaming and sports. And so it's really been a lot of fun to just come in, talk to students, work with them, develop curriculum around these ideas. Um, and it all really started because I just liked playing video games. You know, my parents, uh, Rick, kind of back to your point earlier, before we started this, we're talking about the into it. They were really confused about gaming and what this was. They told me to go outside, go throw a ball around for a while, um, which is great. But they said, you know, there's worse things you could be doing right now than playing video games. And so they allowed me to keep playing. And that was really what developed my passion for gaming, for sports, and all things in moderation, to be honest. 
So it's not like I was playing games for 15 hours a day in my parents' basement, eating Cheetos and, and drinking Mountain Dew. Um, you know, it's all things in moderation, do all these things. But that passion really helped fuel my, my kind of push into sports, sport management, esports development, the curriculum side, the competitive side. So everything really worked out to be honest, I need to knock on wood, um, because it really worked out well that we were able to start this program at Shenandoah University at a time where we're trying to do new things, and they knew the passion I had for gaming, and so I was able to turn that passion into the program that we currently have now uh, at SU. Wow, that, that is so cool. And you know what, kind of going back to a point you made a few minutes ago, you were talking about how Shenandoah has these really amazing majors and minors that you can get that involve gaming and esports. And I was looking into this prior to our interview and I was thinking, that's so incredible. I mean, at South Carolina, we don't have anything of that nature. So the fact that you guys do offer that is so, so cool. Now, kind of take us through that once more. I want to know how these programs at your school, they are so unique to Shenandoah. How does that benefit your esports team as a whole? And do you have a lot of players on your team that gravitate towards earning degrees in these fields? Sure. Um, wow, it's a lot of, lot of things to talk about there. Um, and I will say, Kendall, there is a class in esports down at South Carolina because our instructor of esports here at Shenandoah is finishing up his PhD at South Carolina in the sport and entertainment management. I forget exactly what it's called down there. Um, but I know of people at South Carolina very well, and I go to conferences there all the time. Um, so there's a flavoring of esports down there, at least at the grad level. There are some courses, at least one class that I know of. Um, so I think South Carolina will get into it at some point, hopefully, maybe George will be ahead of them, like we should be in everything. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, the majors that we have here, um, like I said, they're really unique and they, they derive from sport management the way I developed them because that's what my background is. It's what we do well. To other schools about developing courses and majors and curriculums, I tell them, do what your strengths are because esports is so interdisciplinary. so many different parts of the, the esports ecosystem you can pull on from the game design to the coaching to the media to um, journalism to management you know and and all other things so it's really interdisciplinary that you draw on what your strengths are as a university and that's what we did because you know we've got a good business program a good sport management program that's really grounded in experiential learning and so I took those same ideas and made it into this esports major which has two tracks one in management uh, and one in media and communication because of our communication school, where we bring in a lot of really high profile people in the communication industry to teach our students about videography, photography, journalism, um, analysis, broadcasting, and so on. Because that's a huge part of esports as well that people aren't really trained in by the time they get to work in esports. So we felt like it was important that people do get that background. Uh, and we developed this advisory board to help us with the outcomes. You know, what did they think students should have when they graduated? with a degree in esports, What are the skills they have to work in esports? And we have people from Evil Geniuses, Team Liquid, uh, Play Versus, uh, the National Association of Collegiate Esports, uh, the Washington Justice Overwatch team here. Um, so we have people kind of across the platform to, to kind of tell us, hey, here's what we think they should do. Experiential is great because classroom learning, that's awesome, but really getting their hands on and doing is much more impactful and gonna get them a job. So that was kind of went into how we run things right now and the reason we developed the uh, eSports arena here on campus, which is a spectator arena made to host events for spectators uh, where we can run events in there. So we can talk about event management, but then run them in our arena. And that works with our competitive team because they also practice in there. They do their live events and their remote events from the arena. 
where we can have people come in on a weekly basis, you know, anything small from 15 to 20 people just kind of hanging out, watching our teams compete online to larger events up to about 80 where they can watch two teams compete against each other on our stage. Uh, but also what's cool is that it's a, actually a mobile arena that we can break down and take and set up anywhere relatively easily. So we can host events up to 40, 50,000 if we're in a space that big. Uh, so we really have a lot of versatility because we wanted our students to get their hands on learning while they're still competing and doing what they love. Um, and back to your question, a lot of our students on the competitive team are in the academic major. Um, well, I, I say a lot. I think there's, it's about 50% of our major is on the competitive team. The rest aren't competing. They just want to learn about the industry, sort of like sport management. You know, a lot of people take sport management, they're, they're going to be athletes. A lot of football players, baseball, basketball, gymnastics, they'll take sport management because they're interested in it. But a lot of them don't compete in sports anymore. Maybe they did in high school or back in the rec days. Um, but a lot of them are just like, you know, my future is not in competing, but it's in understanding the industry because I have a passion in it. So we find that the passion in, in gaming is existing there, like in sports. And I would say it's even amped up a little bit for gaming. Um, I've never experienced passion from students like I do when talking to them about esports curriculum and they can major in it. They can get hands-on learning. And they're like, oh, I don't want to compete anymore. I don't, I don't worry about that. I just want to know the end to work on the business side because I just enjoy being around those people. I enjoy being around gaming. So that's really where that passion And that was really the impetus for starting these majors, developing these courses to be experiential. You know, we work with our competitive team. So the two operate independently at the university, but they have a lot of crossover and that they work together to really help support each other. Academic uh, people that are studying esports can help run events for our competitive team, that can help with the broadcast and the streaming for the competitive team, the promotion and social media for the competitive team. And that competitive team is to feel like they belong. It feels like they're a real legitimate organization on campus and not some, some marginalized program that's kind of pushed to the side that nobody really knows about. They get uniforms, they get these, these well-rounded broadcasts, they get pumped up on there. And so they really take it like, they, they, this is cool. It feels like they belong and they develop that sense of belonging at the university because of all these different programs that we can offer them. Uh, so that's kind of how they work together. Like I said, about 50% are, are in the major. The rest of them are from all over the place. I mean, people like gaming. So we've got people in nursing and biology. We've got people in our conservatory in like theater design, costume design. Um, so we have really people all over the, the map that are part of the competitive team. But yeah, I would say a good number of them are in the major, um, which is not something I'm surprised about at all. Because again, going back to sport management, that was the same trend that we saw a lot of times for that. Right. That, that's so incredible. I mean, you talking about experience really hit home with me and I think it will hit home with a lot of other people listening because if you think about it, experience is important in any aspect of life. And I love that you're also bringing it into gaming. So like for broadcasting, you need internships, you need experience to be able to get to the next level. Same goes for business or nursing or whatever you might be going into in your life. So I love how that goes for gaming as well. It goes for anything in life. And it seems as if Shenandoah is really preparing its students and its players to get to that next level in terms of what they hope to achieve in their life. Now let's talk a little bit about some of those achievements that you have had at Shenandoah. Your esports team has really, really made a name for itself over the past few years being a varsity team at Shenandoah. Can you kind of talk about your training approach for your players, how you guys have really stepped up and made yourself a name? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, you mentioned two years. Uh, we've been around for two years now. We just finished our second uh, competitive 
year um, at SU at the varsity level, uh, which means, you know, that has a special designation because it's not a club anymore uh, where it's student run. This is, you know, this is run by administrators. I'm the director. I have an assistant director and head coach under me. And then we have a number of coaches that work with our individual teams. Not run by the students. It is run by administrators and the university. Um, and so that's really cool that we are a varsity program that has jerseys, competes in tournaments across the country. Um, and it's really cool because we could set it up how we wanted it, how it made sense for us. So when you look at schools and how they have varsity teams, a number of them are under athletics, and that's a great place to be. I think most of them that are part of NACE, the National Association of Collegiate Esports, kind of the NCAA for esports right now, um, more than 50% are in athletics, about 35 to 40% are under student engagement, very small number are under academics like we are. Um, it made sense for us because we have the academic program, that way I can be in charge of both sides, it really it makes it a much more streamlined process. Um, and the funding, we have good funding in our academic programs, and we do not offer scholarships. Um, that was one thing that we really wanted to be clear about because we are a Division three school. Our student athletes do not get scholarships for competing in other sports, and our president and I completely agree. We won't stay that same route. Um, and so when we got started, it was tough recruiting because other schools are offering at least partial scholarships. Yeah, you can get a partial scholarship for going to these other schools, and that's great. If that makes sense for you, please go do it. Um, here at Shenandoah, we don't offer scholarships. What we offer is an experience. We offer an experience that you won't get anywhere else with the experiential learning, with the connection to the academic side of esports. You know, we offer gaming for those that know they're probably not going to be professionals. Um, you know, you got to decide kind of this age whether or not you're going to be a professional gamer because they are college age people that are a lot of times playing, if not younger in a lot of cases. Uh, and a lot of our students know that, you know, but they're coming here because they love gaming. They're passionate about it. They're not coming here to make a ton of money playing a game, but they want to make money understanding the industry and working in it. Program That made it a little more difficult to recruit because, like I said, other schools had those scholarships. Um, but the ones that we got were extremely passionate and there for the sake of being there, not because they were getting the scholarship. So it did kind of make it a more comfortable environment, which is something that we tried to foster. You know, we have great competitive teams in some of our games. Um, our Rocket League team is really, really good. Um, they're all Grand Champ level, so really proud of what they've done. And they're all really young. Um, our League of Legends team leaves something to be desired, but that's okay. Um, you know, so we have fought for everybody because it goes beyond gaming at our university. You know, we enjoy competing on the big stages. We enjoy competing in land competition. Take our teams to those land competitions, even when we're outmatched. And that's okay because it's still a good, positive experience for our students to be able to talk to other people in the industry, other students that are going through the same things they're going through, um, and be able to shake their hands when we were able to shake hands before all this happened. Um, when we're, you know, they can shake hands after a match instead of just typing GGs in the chat and logging off. You know, there's something to be said for that. And it's a really cool social experience for them to do that. Um, so the teams, they've continued to grow. We have gotten better because our coaching has gotten better. Before we started that, I coached Overwatch for about two months until I realized I was in way over my head. Um, and our players were far beyond my level. And I was like, yeah, I got to find somebody else for this. Uh, so I went out and found some other coaches that could help us out and take us to a higher level. Uh, and so that's really helped legitimize and make our teams communicate better, work better together. And they've gotten better but they're still not going to compete with those schools that are getting full ride scholarships for all their players. I mean, that's just a whole nother, you know, level and, and kind of thought behind having an esports program. That's not what Shannon is. We're good in some of our games. We're really good for a school that offers no scholarships, but we're not going to be the best team in the country. Just like our football be able to beat the university of Georgia or South Carolina or Ohio state. 
it's just, it's apples to oranges in a lot of ways. Um, but we still enjoy competing and doing things the right way. You know, we maintain certain GPAs. We maintain certain levels of professionalism during our competitions. Um, we're held, all of our students are held to a high standard. Um, they're in there for 20 hours a week of sanctioned practice time, but they practice a lot on their own as well. And they just like hanging out together. They like being in the arena and using it as this community space. And so a lot of times they're getting way more than 20 hours a week. And yet I do have to kick them out sometimes, um, or check in on discord and see who's in there at one o'clock in the morning, um, to make sure they're getting out of there and actually getting some sleep and going to class and those kind of things, because we want that well-rounded collegiate experience. Um, we have a number of our students that play tennis or soccer or football. At the university and we work with those coaches to make sure they can do both because we don't want our students to have to choose one or the other if they're passionate about both of them still you know i want them to make sure that we're fueling the passion in whatever it is whether it's in nursing whether it's in dancing whether it's in playing video games whether it's in football you know so we look at, at esports as something that really helps with the whole collegiate experience some students want to take it to the next level and they want to work in esports. Some of them just want to do it because it's something fun they do while they're studying how to be a nurse or a firefighter or whatever they're going to be when they get older. Um, and so that's kind of how our mission of, of the esports program and our competitive team. Yes, we want to win. Yes, we want to be competitive. But the biggest thing is we want participation and we want a healthy environment where students can thrive and be well-rounded college students and productive citizens in whatever they're going into by the time they graduate. And I think that's so important to a lot of people, whether you're the student or the parent of the student, creating an environment that is well-rounded and that is healthy. And I really like what you said about how you want to give your players the opportunity to not only do esports, but also participate in other things that they are passionate about. That's very few and far between nowadays. A lot of times athletes have to pick a sport, whether mm -hmm. they play football and baseball, they're going to have to pick one that they're more passionate about or that they're better at so that they can focus on that full time. So that's a really interesting topic you brought up there about giving them that opportunity to kind of do what they're passionate about, whether it's one thing or multiple things. So I love that. Now, kind of talking about the future of esports, not just for Shenandoah, University, but in general, what are some things that you hope to see within the next year to 10 years for esports? Ooh, wow. Um, on the competitive side, you know, I want to see more schools get involved um, at the collegiate level for more competitions. And I want to see it get more institutionalized where there's different levels of competition. You know, I mentioned earlier that compete with those full ride scholarship schools. And there's a reason division one, two, and three exists at the NCAA level. Um, and so I want to see it that we can do that same kind of thing so that our students have the same experience where they're, they don't feel like they're heavily overmatched going into a match where it's not even fun, you know, and they, they kind of look at it like, all right, we're, we're going to get rolled here. We got no chance. Har we're playing against Harrisburg, who's like defending national champs in Overwatch, but they're in our region. It's only an hour and a half north of us. So we have to play them. And it's like, oh, wow, this is going to be bad. And it is bad. And they lose and they get really down on themselves. Um, so I want to see more balanced competition going forward but it takes more schools. And so we need more schools to come in and compete so you get that balance and you can have those tiers. Um, you know, I understand why it exists like it does and it's perfectly fine, but I think it will get there because it's continuing to grow. NACE has gone in the last like three, maybe four years now from like eight schools to like 180 schools. So there's been a lot of growth already as schools continue to get on kind of the esports bandwagon. So I think we'll continue to see growth there. I think at the, the professional level, we'll see growth as well. Um, and look what COVID has done. It's really kind of accelerated that growth that we've seen because it's been exposed to more people. The average age of a gamer in the U.S. is like 36, 37 years old. 
Um, and so, you know, I think that people are into gaming. I think that there's a knowledge that exists that esports is out there. There's not a passion for it yet because it's not really on that mainstream media yet, but it's growing. You know, it's taken a long time to, to kind of get that fire going, but we're going to see esports really be this main uh, form of entertainment and sport going forward in the future. And that's probably more 10 years from now than one year from now. Uh, but it's just going to take kind of that grass level growth from the collegiate level and also from the high school level. Now that more and more states are getting involved at the high school level, we're starting to see people in high school get more organized, get, it's getting more institutionalized. They're putting their passion to work and using it as an educational opportunity, which is something I also think we're going to see is on the education side. We're going to see more academic programs continue to grow. Um, you know, I've, I'm working with like four different schools right now to help develop a major in esports. Uh, and so I know for a fact that it's going to continue to grow because right now I think there are four or five, maybe six in the country that offer an esports degree. That number is going to double in the next year or two. And I would say be tenfold in 10 years uh, because people see it. It's a legitimate business industry that traditionally has been run by people video games. People good at video aren't necessarily good at business. And so, you know, you need this business background and this training in the industry to be able to work and take it to the next level for legitimacy um, and to make it more, you know, more sustained long run. Uh, so I think we'll continue to see more academic programs, more competitive programs get in at the varsity level. We'll see more scholarships. We'll see bigger tournaments, bigger prizes. We'll see it on, and I want to say TV, but so many people are cutting the cord these days. I don't know if TV is even going to exist as we know it, uh, but obviously streamed on things like Twitch, uh, YouTube, even Facebook. Um, you know, they're going to continue having these stream tournaments and people are going to watch them. Um, I don't want to say Mixer because I don't know what's going on with Mixer right now. It's kind of going downhill. Uh, but certainly Twitch and YouTube are, are big, big platforms. And maybe we'll see more platforms pop up. But it's going to continue to grow at the high school level, grow at the college level. The professional level is the intriguing one because, like I said, the college students and the pros are kind of the same age. Um, and we'll see how the professional league continue to, to evolve with city-based teams versus these club kind of models. Um, and what's going to happen there with those. So I think it's interesting what we're doing with the city-based teams and having their home arenas and home sites. Um, but it's going to, it's just, it's going to take time. You've got to have this long-term view when you institute things like that. Um, and so I think it's going to get better because there are some incredible people working in esports to try to make it better across the board. And that's what people in esports want to see. They want to see it grow. It's, it, yes, it's a competitive industry, but we're all in it together, kind of like COVID-19. That's the way we all feel. And so it's fun working with people across the country, like, like Chris Haskell at Boise State, who's maybe one of the best directors in the country, Mark Depp at UC Irvine. You know, there are some fantastic people that want to see the legitimacy of esports just grow. So we know that we're kind of competing for students and things like that. We want to win competitions. But end of the day, we're all passionate about esports and the industry that we just want to help each other. We want to see this grow, and I think it's going to because of that passion and that camaraderie that we see in esports. That, to be honest, I don't see in sports when I when I used to work in sports near as much because it's so saturated. Whereas esports is not yet; it's still so new that we have such an impact really in everyday decisions that we make, and it moves so quickly. Um, and then something else I think we'll see. This is kind of a weird thing: VR. I think we'll see more VR in esports moving forward. Um, I saw a video about VR dodgeball earlier today, which I thought looked really cool. Because um, one of the knocks on esports is that it's very, uh, set it, uh, you know, it's very sedimentary sport. That sounds like a rock. Um, it, but it's 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 a it's, you don't move much, right? So how healthy is esports? And a lot of research on the exercise science side is now coming through for long-term impacts, short-term impacts uh, of games. 
periods of time. So I think that getting people up and moving them some in things like VR or AR in some kind of competitive fashion is going to be healthy for the industry and maybe help gain some more acceptance from those skeptics. Because there are people that are critical of esports. There's no doubt about it. There's people, people critical of the NFL and Major League Baseball and everything in between. Um, and so we're going to have critics. But I think more acceptance will come if we can show the health benefits long term, the cognitive benefits long term, and that this is a legitimate industry and a business commercialized industry that is much more than just gaming and much more than just the U.S. It's a worldwide international phenomenon that really helps break down borders and break down barriers for different languages and different cultures. So I think esports needs to be seen as an educational opportunity and used in the right way to help grow esports kind of for the next year and the next 10 years. So Dr. G, you talked about the potential of esports being on television. You talked about the potential of VR being implemented into esports. I want to know what you think about the potential of esports being a part of the Olympics. I researched this. People have made predictions that esports could potentially be in the Olympics at some point. What do you think about the likelihood of this happening in the future? It's going to happen. It's absolutely going to happen. Um, you know, and, and I was predicting a couple years ago, I was hoping to be in 2020 in Tokyo, um, but that didn't happen. I'm a little disappointed in that. So I kind of refined mine to 2028 since it'll be in Los Angeles. And, you know, that's a hotbed for esports. But 2024 in Paris is also, Paris is also a hotbed. People don't know about France near as much for esports as they do some other countries. But there's a, there's a lot going on for esports in Paris. And I know some people working over there to try to get it as an Olympic sport um, by 2024. That's really quick. Um, but esports moves quick. Uh, so I think, yes, it's going to happen. It's in the 2022 Asian Games. We're working with China closely right now as a university. We've been invited to work some esports events at the 2022 Winter Olympics in, um, in uh, uh, Be Be not Beijing. Yes, Beijing. 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. We've been invited as a university to work some esports events, not as part of the Olympics, but around the Olympics during that time to show, you know, what's going on. And so we're going to take our students over there for that experiential learning. Um, but then I think that it, I know it's going to happen. And I think it's going to be a game like Rocket League. If I had to guess a game, a game that's number one, easy to understand. It's soccer with cars. You get more goals, you win. Uh, but also there's no violence attached to it. Um, the current chair for the International Olympic Committee said esports are too violent. And he was talking about, I think, League of Legends. I was like, seriously, League of Legends is too violent. You're a former fencer. You used to stab people. Um, but um, I get the misconception. I get that. What's, I get what's out there. State of Kentucky said the same thing at their high school level for League of Legends. It was too violent. They had to send home permission slips for parents to sign it. But if you actually watch some of these games like League of Legends, like Overwatch, violence is not like the point of the game right? It's a means to an end to work together to achieve an objective or a goal. Um, now, some games like CSGO, Rainbow Six Siege, I get it. Call of Duty, I get it. Yeah, we can wait on those. Um, but let's just get into the Olympics before we worry about those other games. But Rocket League is such an easy one to just have go on because it's, it's, it's like I said, it's accessible for people to understand. Somebody that has no idea what gaming is or esports can watch soccer with cars and know who's winning, know the, the point of the game, but if you watch Overwatch and don't know it, it is chaos to the senses. Um, I, I play it all the time and I watch it all the time and I try to watch these team fights and it is just a mess sometimes trying to keep up with what's going on and who's winning, who's losing, who's going to win this team fight, what ults they use. It's crazy. Uh, but Rocket League, yes, I, I see Rocket League in the Olympics. I, I still will say 2028, but I would not be shocked if we saw esports in the Olympics in 2024 for France, uh, for Paris, sorry. 
um, either. So yes, it's going to happen, I think, in the next eight years, but it could be in the next four years. That is so cool. I am a competitive figure skater of 15 years. So I am a huge, huge fan of the Olympics. And the idea of adding new sports and esports to the Olympics is just so fascinating to me. So I think it would be a really interesting thing for the Olympics to do. And I'm right there with you. I think it is going to happen at some point. Now, kind of switching gears, a little bit more of a fun question. I want to know what some of your favorite experiences, favorite memories have been from your time working with esports at Shenandoah. You probably have a lot of memories and a lot of really fun times that you've shared with fellow coaches or players so kind of take us into that aspect of your career and some of your favorite moments yeah um one of the earliest that i remember was last year when the competitive team this is 2018-19 school year about two or three months into the year one of my students that i didn't know he's a he's a nursing student um plays on our overwatch team came up to me after practice one day and just kind of shook my hand and looked me in the eye and said, thank you for having this program. He's like, I was not attached to the university. I had no place at the university besides going to class and then going back to my dorm and studying and then go to class and back to my dorm. But this has really given me a sense of a sense of community where I can meet other people, talk to them, you know, go out to, to eat with them, study together, bounce questions off them, watch other, you know, whatever they want to do. But he didn't know anybody else really at the university until being part of this program. But having him shake my hand and look me in the eye and say that to me was one of the most powerful things that's ever happened to me. Um, so that was really, really incredible. Um, you know, when we, when we held our first kind of land competition, big land competi competition about a year and a month ago, about 13 months ago, the end of that, which was a two-day event, and, you know, for, for the players, it was about 10 hours a day. For me, it was about 22 hours a day. Um, the end of that second day was just, I could breathe. Right. But I was just like, think about what we just did. You know, we had like 800 people throughout the course of two days come through and see esports, and probably 90% of them for the first time. And they would come up to me and just say, what, what, what is this? Uh, and I would explain to them what it is. And they were like, yeah, this is, this is cool. You know, we had high school students coming in to compete in like a Smash Brothers tournament. We invited other colleges to be there face to face again, because that's a different feeling than being online. We had vendors there, food trucks there, but people coming through from the community, just getting that community acceptance and having them say, wow, I, I, I've read about esports, but I haven't seen esports, but seeing it is so much different than just hearing about it or reading about it. Like, yeah, you have to experience it to kind of see the value and what esports actually is. So the end of that, when that was over, and it was like me and my assistant director, and we just looked at each other and just, uh, we did it. Like, that was just a cool feeling to run that first one. We've run smaller ones before that are one day here, one day there. Uh, but this bigger one really just exhausted us for all the right reasons. Uh, so that was really cool as well, seeing that. And then when we got the arena finished and this year, um, getting this building done was not easy because I didn't know how to, what we needed in an esports arena. I was like, yeah, let's have a play games, but there's a lot, lot that goes into that. Um, and so working through that process was exhausting as well. But when it was finished, put the finishing touches on it, uh, I got looked around and I was like, man, this is cool. This is something that a year ago, this didn't exist. And now we have over 300 people in our discord. We have over hundred people as part of our clubs, uh, academic programs and varsity programs. So having those people that, in, that involvement and that student engagement and then having this, this home for them because we were sharing a space, but now they have a home was really something cool to, to kind of go through the process and get finished with as well. Um, when my Rocket League won their first tournament, you know, that was really cool uh, because they were like, wow, we just 
you know, it was like $300. I think they won, but they're like, man, we just won money. I'm like, yeah, let's put it towards your scholarship now to help you study and pay for some of those bills. They're like, no, can we go out to eat with it? And I was like, you know what, put it towards your, your, your scholarship. I'll take y'all out to eat. Let's go to dinner. Um, and so it was really cool that they were just so passionate about just winning something for the first time. Um, and then getting the curriculum written, you know, writing, writing the curriculum for this, it's not easy to convince a bunch of old academics, not old academics, a bunch of academics sometimes <laughs> um, about esports as, as an academic program. That's not the easiest sell. Getting them to buy into it and, and not all the times be excited about it, but be accepting of it. That was a big accomplishment because, you know, going through curriculum, they're kind of set in their ways, but then telling them this is an educational opportunity, a legitimate educational program that they're going to learn through and it's going to be rigorous and it's going to have assessment and rubrics and learning objectives and these outcomes. And so that was not an easy sell, but just two weeks ago, getting that approved for an MBA program, undergrad programs, online coaching certificates, online certificates for the undergrad and grad level, uh, you know, seven new classes to go with our eight esports classes already. That was so gratifying to know that now we're able to really impact more students going forward uh, beyond just what we were just doing this year. And so just the opportunity that we're able to do that, that was just two weeks ago. But I remember getting out of that meeting and I just put my, I took my headset off and I just sat back and I just, again, that exhale, that just, oh, that's so nice to be able to do that. Um, so those are the moments that really matter, you know, because, and I, the, my favorite one is the student, that one single student. I remember him to this day and that moment to this day, he's still around those same friends. Because if we ever did something in education that wasn't student focused, we're doing it for the wrong reason always goes back to the students. What is best for our students? You know, building this program, giving them opportunities to be successful and be part of something bigger than themselves and bigger than gaming, that at the end of the day is the best thing we can do. Uh, and so that was the most impactful thing that's ever happened to me in esports. Things that's happened to me just in general. Well, Dr. G, it is pretty obvious that it's a lot more than just competition with esports. It's about the innovation and the engagement and the community involvement and the camaraderie between players and teammates. And that is just something that is so admirable and special to hear. So I know it's on the top part of your screen there, but can you kind of take us through your social media handle so that anyone who is listening and wants to check out more about Shenandoah's program can look into it? Sure, absolutely. So yeah, we're and um, our, our social media is run by our students, so it's not always the best. <laughs> We're working on that a little bit. Um, so our Twitter handle is SUE score at the end. Uh, we are on Twitch. We have our own Twitch channel. And we were just ramping up our broadcasting. We got our broadcast desk in two days after our campus closed. And I was like, are you kidding me? So we haven't even used it yet on camera. But we have a broad, brand new broadcast desk and a broadcast production was part of our arena. So we're trying to really get into that. Um, you can follow us on Twitch, Shenandoah Esports. You know, pretty simple. Uh, we're on Facebook for a lot of times boomers that are using Facebook, uh, like me. Uh, so we are on Facebook, Shenandoah Esports, and also on YouTube. So we do have the, the YouTube stuff as well. Um, so make sure to follow us. If you just type in Shenandoah Esports on really any of the big social media, that's going to be us. Um, so yeah, follow us, watch our broadcasts. We're, we're getting better. We're training our students how to do this. So it's not always a polished product, but that's the point of it. This is a time for students to learn and do this kind of thing. So yeah, follow us, check us out. Give us some feedback. Let us know what we're doing wrong. I love hearing feedback. Um, and so, yeah, check us out. It's, it's, we're always having a good time, and um, our students are having a good time, too. Well, we cannot thank you enough for joining us today on the SpinCast. It has been mine and I'm sure Rick's pleasure to have you on here. You were absolutely fantastic and just so educational on the topic of esports, and your passion just radiates through the screen. So, truly, we cannot thank you enough. 
No, and, and thank you all for having me again. And thank you all for doing this, this podcast in general. It's great hearing from all people across the industry um, and all the different schools because every school has a different story to tell. And it's so important to get all those different stories just to get the word out about all the great things they're doing. So thank you all for what you're doing and for having this podcast and for inviting me on just to be part of the bigger picture here. So it's been fantastic. I always enjoy talking about this. I tend to blab a little much sometimes because I am so passionate. Thank y'all enough for the project you're doing and for the work that you're doing. Well, this has been Joey Gariziak, the program director and assistant professor. Associate, associate. Professor. <laughs> I saw AP on my paper and I was yeah. like, I'm going to have to take a 50-50. Associate <laughs> professor of esports at Shenandoah University. I am Kendall Smith alongside of Rick Suarez. Rick, do you have anything you want to add in here? No, guys, stay safe. Sincerely appreciate your time and we'll look forward to chatting again for sure. Mm -hmm.